0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I am super excited because today, as usual, we have another really amazing guest on. His name is Ian Morgan, and he is with MBS Accountants out of the United Kingdom. Ian, thanks for joining us today. How are you?
1: Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Chris, so much for having me on, and hello, everybody who's listening.
0: Yeah, absolutely, my pleasure to have you on. I know we're gonna have some great conversation today, especially because your business deals with a lot of the stuff that we actually talk about on the show. So I know you're gonna have some really valuable insights to share with me and the audience super excited. Without further ado, why don't you tell everybody who you are and what you do and how you got started?
1: Yeah, based out obviously in the United Kingdom, I suppose a little bit about me personally, first of all, is I'm late 30s, 37. I've got four children and I got married pretty young. I was just 19 and getting married and having children pretty young, I think gave me a focus to just go the employed world that I was in at the time wasn't going to be fulfilling enough in terms of the life that I wanted to be able to live. And as we had our first children wife Sam she set up the company and started doing some basic bookkeeping and payroll type services from home it nicely worked around children and we fast forward a little bit on him and I came in and joined the company having had a bit of a background then in accounting and we became a typical accounting type service for a number of years there where we just we help file tax returns help people reduce how much tax they pay and then through through a element really of creating a business that was quite painful to operate and run with a lot of clients and a lot of stress we we decided one day we just take a little bit of a look back and just go what journey are we really on what are we trying to achieve what are we trying to go and we started to question whether people really wanted an accountant to file tax returns and our view was probably not like it's a bonus if that happens but Actually, the reality is that most people who probably want an accountant is because numbers are maybe scary to them, or they don't make sense, or they don't know how to even put them in an order so they can make sense of them. So we completely flipped our business on our on its head at that point and went, okay, how do we stop being a gateway between the business owner and the government and start being very much working for that business owner to start giving them what they really want? And we basically built a three-step process that we still follow today, and that's First of all, when somebody comes and join us, we help them achieve and gain financial control because most people are just doing enough relating to their keeping of their books that makes the government happy. Anything that's going to give them anything that they can rely upon or get data from doesn't tend to exist. And then we do two further steps on from there. One is financial clarity or financial education, and it's just about us Definitely not teaching people to become accountants. Don't recommend that maybe for everybody, but it was certainly, it's aimed around how do we make sure that business owners understand enough about their financial performance to know whether they are getting good or bad results. And then step three is understanding what does financial freedom look like for that particular business owner and what actions and steps are they taking to actually achieve that version of financial freedom. And that's just been our pathway now is financial control then the financial education and clarity, and then through to financial freedom. And through focusing on that element, we've reduced the number of clients we work with, but we have much deeper working relationship and we really get probably under the skin of the actual business owner. We've got a fine balance between are we coaching them as a person or are we coaching them as a business owner? And I think it probably goes across both because I've been there myself and I've certainly been in my own way and The clarity to get to like, where am I trying to head towards really gave me the clarity to go, ah, okay, these are the steps I need to be taking today that give me the future that I want to be able to achieve for myself. And in a nutshell, that wraps up Yeah, a good sort of 15 years plus in, in business.
0: All right. Excellent. Yeah. Let me ask you, because I know here in the US, the sort of financial education most people receive growing up is non-existent to absolutely terrible. Is it any better over there across the pond or it's pretty much the same?
1: No, it's pretty much the same. The schools are more focused on maths and I don't know, Pythagoras and whatever else. Not stuff that's probably going to be very much useful in the, the majority of the real world day to day. So yeah, there is a lack of education around real numbers and yeah, real tools that can help us.
0: Yeah, and that definitely translates over into the business world, because if you didn't learn to do your personal finance, uh, you probably also didn't learn to do business finance. And I know that's something a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to. That's something I definitely relate to, because I started a business in my early 20s and another one in my early 30s, and I knew how to do the running of the actual business but I didn't know anything about the financials. And so I ran into this place where without having a good understanding of that and what really drives the business forward and keeps money coming in and higher cash flow, you reach a plateau that's as far as you can go. And I just look back and think to myself, if somebody had bothered to sit me down even for two hours and show me just a little bit of this, or even let me know that I need to go learn it myself, those businesses in my life would have been totally different.
1: Yeah, I think- One of the major challenges that we come across and one of the first areas we delve into in financial education is that financial set of accounts that you get to see has either a pound sign, dollar sign, euro sign, whatever on it. And our brains straight away go, oh, money. But actually so much of what goes into that set of accounts isn't money. It's money that could be potentially earned in the future if you're doing accruals-based accounting or there may be adjustments for things like amortization and, and depreciation and things that there is no cash that's ever gone anywhere. And the most common question we used to get and probably still get elements now is, yeah, but if that's my profit, where's the money? And that starts usually our financial education series is just to go, okay, where's my money gone? Your money hasn't gone anywhere. It's just that, that just because there is a currency symbol, doesn't mean that that's money. It just relates to money. And
0: now you work mostly with entrepreneurs, exclusively with entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah, pretty much exclusively with entrepreneurs. We have a few who have been entrepreneurs and now maybe have property portfolios and things. But yeah, 99% of our clients are entrepreneurs of some description.
0: And where do you find that they struggle most business finance?
1: I think there's probably the sense of the reality check. Our job is probably to live up to the stigma of accountants and be boring, but it's to go business owners, entrepreneurs think that everything from their wildest dreams is possible. Very rarely is it the case, but it's good to have that dream and have that vision of where you'd like to be going. And I think most of the time, our job is how do we bring that back to a sense of reality? To go, yeah, okay, you think you're going to do, I don't know, a million pounds next month. You're not even doing a million pounds last year. So it's not going to happen. We can get there. But what's the real logical steps? How is that really going to work? And actually, if you're going to go from doing, I don't know, 100,000 pounds to a million pounds in in just a couple of months, the business is going to break. Like most businesses cannot cope with that level of growth. So our job is to often say what other people aren't saying. We challenge them all the time to, every time you have that thought and you go, oh, can I say that? That's definitely what you should be saying. Because for that entrepreneur, most people around them, Are probably almost in awe of what they're doing and not saying those they're not challenging them on those tough decisions and those tough areas so often it's how do we bring them back down to earth and how do we just then gently bring them back up again
0: you mentioned that your wife is your business partner but you were telling me a little bit beforehand that you guys had different ideas at first of how the business should be run you want to touch on that a little bit for us
1: yeah so it was probably rolling into about 2015 2016 and We'd got ourselves to three, I think members of staff and it was very very overworked and underpaid at that time. And a great element, I suppose that we have between us. I'm probably that more of that typical entrepreneur. I've got lots of ideas, think everything's possible and we can do whatever we want. Sam, my wife, she's probably a little bit more the realist. She's a lot more organized, a lot more structured. And we were butting heads a little bit in terms of, I wanted all these other things. Sam wanted to bring in all these rules and systems and processes. And what I felt was gonna happen off the back of that is we were gonna lose the family touch that I thought we had within the business. A very easily adjustable business that was all very lighthearted. There was still an underlying element of professionalism, but it was all very relaxed. And I thought, oh, systems, processes, everything being organized and documented just sounded restricting. And it actually came to the point where she said, okay, if you want to do things your way, you go and do it. I'll just step back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll fine. I'll go and I'll do it my way. It didn't last too long before I was at the point where I'm just going, ah, that's it. I need to quit. She was like, hang on then. I've let you have your way. You let me have my way for a bit. And then what we're seven, eight years down the line and we're still doing things her way. And it clearly works. We're now at 13, 14 members of stuff. It doesn't restrict. If anything, It opened my eyes to how much I was getting in my own way and having systems and processes meant that we just needed, we needed people who really fitted our culture and we could teach them the skills to be able to operate our systems and processes and deliver those outcomes off the back of them. And it just, it made recruitment easier. It made holding people to account easier, made everything easier, to be honest. Everything came off the back of that. Financial success came off the back of it, less stress, less work, and actually so much that As we speak now in what we're in February, 2023, this is my first month now where I'm not client facing technician within the business. I'm purely strategic development of the business. And I think if I'm really being honest, that wouldn't have happened under my way of doing things seven or eight years ago.
0: It's really counterintuitive because people do tend to think a lot of entrepreneurs that installing the systems and having standard operating procedures and all of those things can feel really restricting and you just you get into an entrepreneur because you want freedom and that can seem like not freedom but actually if you don't put those things in you end up chained to the business trying to put out a million fires running around trying to getting things taken care of and then when you do implement those that's what actually gives you the freedom and frees you up to step away a little bit
1: yeah yeah couldn't agree couldn't agree more yeah it's easy to say much more difficult to do
0: as always <laughs>
1: Now, Ian, let me ask you, you told me that you were going
0: to break the myth of accounting being boring. So let's have it.
1: Yeah, I think ultimately what we try and do is we try and make sure that we're not being those typical boring stuffy accountants. We're a very young team. I'm the oldest on our team. So mostly, most accountants I know are probably the wrong age of wrong side of retirement age. And we're not standards sat there in suits and everybody... Yeah, just being all stuffy and boring. We've got some great characters. I think our main element that we do to switch accounting from being boring is we just make it human. First things first, when people come to us and the first things they comment on is, yeah, but why are you not interested in my business? Why are you asking all about me? And usually our reason is because your business is just a tool that helps you lead the life that you want to lead. And unless I understand you and really know where you're going and what you're trying to achieve, how can we possibly help you get there? And how can we possibly know if that business is going to be the right tool to help you get there? And we end up just so much based on interaction of who are you, who's important in your life, what stops you getting to where you want to be, where are you at right now and where would you love to be? And if we put all of that together and we understand it all, we can then really clear plans that are almost step by step, which numbers only form a very small part of it it just becomes human interaction human relationships and just go great most people it's an element of i only work, want to work this many hours and i'd love to earn this much money okay great you can't the money can't go up and the hours can't go down at the same time how are we going to strategically think to go which is the most important that needs to change right now and how do we bring things together and i think it just it goes away from oh yeah but that's that's a couple of dollars out or that's a couple of pounds out and that's not important the important things are what is that business helping you achieve in in terms of your life
0: yeah absolutely if your business is not a vehicle for you getting to financial and time freedom then you're probably doing it wrong yeah all right now let me ask you as somebody who deals with business finances all day long what is the biggest financial challenge for you and your business
1: I think that the biggest financial challenge for us in our business is actually trying to map out and manage growth with ensuring the quality levels are there that we want to deliver so most people who come and work with us are they've had some kind of financial challenge or difficulty within their business maybe they've been let down by an accountant maybe they're partly responsible as well and they haven't kept their finger on the pulse and In our experience, the training that probably goes on within the accounting industry is too much focused on what we used to be, which is how do you complete a tax return? How do you keep the government from knocking on your door? And therefore, for us to bring in the right quality staff to be able to teach to the way our way of thinking and get them to that level, we have to balance how many clients are we bringing in and how quickly versus how many clients is somebody capable of managing. And therefore we can't just literally go out today and go, let's hire three new accountants and let's train them and get them all set up because realistically from our experience, it's three to six months before we've got them to a level where they can start earning money back into the business. And then we can't easily go the other way and go, can we just bring in loads of new clients because actually we're about, we're not a transaction based business, we're very much that relationship element and lots of new clients just starts hitting on the relationships of other people, existing clients really within the business. So that's our financial challenge really is balancing that just to go. We've got growth available. We regularly run a waiting list. It can take up to six months to join us. And that's because of the quality that we strive to achieve. So the big challenge is if we could fix onboarding in terms of how we do that and how we grow new people into our team, and we could fix that we could substantially scale our business, but. The business model itself probably isn't a scalable one in that level because of the high level human relationship that we have.
0: Yeah, and I bet too, when you made that switch from going to just being like tax returns to actually helping people figure out what they want to do with their money and why, the client retention probably went up a bunch, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it did for the right fit clients. Overall, it it massively nosedived because actually there were, we had a number of, I don't even think we can call them entrepreneurs, Hobby business owners, maybe who suddenly, when we up the ante and start going, what are you trying to achieve? Where are you trying to go? They're like, I don't want all this rubbish. Like just file my tax return. And we were just like, no, that's not what we're about anymore. We can see a bigger picture. So we went today. We sit probably at 150 ish businesses that we work with our peak in about 2015, 2016. That was about 600. Okay. So there was a period of time where the retention overall would have looked Absolutely awful. But the retention on the right type of clients, yeah, that's constantly going up. And I want to say on average at the moment, it's about seven and a half years, I think is a lifetime value of a client.
0: That's amazing. Now, let me ask you about your own journey to financial freedom. Where are you on that journey right now? And what does being financially free mean to you?
1: Yeah. 2015, we made our shift to what we wanted to be. By late 2018, we bought the property we currently live in, which we consider to be our forever home. And there were a few things that we needed to sort with it. It was definitely a stretch in order to afford it, but we could see a pathway that we were on and how that could become significantly better. The level of work that the properties required has been substantially more than we anticipated. As always. Uh, I would say... A couple of things that we've had to do to finish off, basically we built a large extension and put a swimming pool in over the summer last year and they ended up costing more and we had to take some various forms of short-term finance to make that work, which is what causes me to go, Oh, am I financially free? No, cause I don't like that short-term finance that we have, but as we roll into the new financial year, so that for us is rolling into April, May time, we'll be able to refinance that to something a lot more suitable. And then we're probably at the point then where we go, actually, no, we're pretty financially free, very comfortable. There's nothing that we would majorly want for that we can't achieve and can't have. And I think, yeah, just thinking back when we first set out on our journey back into the sort of 2005 through to about 2012 there were periods of that time where we were multi five figures in debt and not not owning a property or anything like that like literally negative personal equity position and that debt was spiraling earnings weren't particularly great and the survival mode that we probably learned to be in at that time still rings true with us today yeah i'm we're very tight with our money. Don't spend it unnecessarily. We think about things considerably. There are some things that maybe some people would look at and go, oh, that's a lot to spend on that particular thing. But we're very careful about keeping our money for the things that we particularly value. In terms of where we're at, I think financially, very stable and secure. Time freedom, not quite there yet. I've made that shift obviously this month into not being client-facing. I've got about a six or eight week project now in terms of improving our onboard processes and department. Over that period of time, I'll probably work more than I would want to. But as we roll into sort of April, May time, it'll be it become, I want it to be that I choose to work, not that I have to work. And I don't see any reason currently why that can't be the case.
0: All right, and then what is your biggest initiative for the business for 2023?
1: Our biggest initiative for 2023 is a platform for growth. So we did some quite heavy growth during 2022. Between 60 and 70%, it was quite a lot to manage that level of growth. We actually stopped then taking new clients in about October of 2022. We did that strategically because we could start to see some of the cracks and the creeks appearing. So 2023 became, okay, how do we make some very tactical and strategic hires that mean that we move people into quality control, into having time to do a lot more training, a lot more improvement and looking over things. So one hire has already happened relating to that one is currently actively happening and the other one's planned for June with all of those hires then in place, we will have built a nice platform that as we roll into 2024, we should be able to grow by about 40 to 50% in that year and do that without really any major problems.
0: Sounds like a great trajectory you're on. All right. Now my last question for you today is who does the books for your business?
1: Yeah. So. We actually do this as a bit of a mix and split. Sam, my wife does the books day to day to keep her head in the numbers and knowing what's going on. My job then is effectively is like an FD to report to her. So I will take her work, do reviews and checks, not because I'm necessarily checking her, just because it makes sense to have that review process on there. And then effectively my job is to then report to her and say, this is our financial performance. This is how we perform versus our budget. This is how our cash flow has gone versus our cash flow forecast. And then she's almost holding me accountable for reporting that information back to her. So we very much create accountability between us both in order to make that happen.
0: Excellent. Ian, this has been an absolutely amazing interview. I know that a lot of the things you said are going to really resonate with our audience and there's a lot of good tidbits in there for them. So I want to thank you for taking the time and jumping on the show today. It's been such a pleasure to have you here.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's, yeah, it's been great. And... Yeah, it's been nice to share the story.
0: Now, the last thing before we go, if people want to find out more about what you do or to get in touch with you, what's the best place to do that at?
1: Yep. So you can find out more about what we do and who we particularly help on our website, which is mbsaccountants.co.uk. And if you want to connect with me, the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. I'm sure we can probably drop a link in the show notes.
0: Yep, we can definitely do that. All right, Ian, it's been awesome. Thanks so much for coming on today. And if you are listening out there and you enjoyed the show, please go ahead and subscribe and leave a five-star review. And if you're a six-figure online entrepreneur and you want to come on like Ian did today to share your valuable insights with our listeners, we'd love to have you on. You can go to pyfpodcast.com. That's the letters pyfpodcast.com and apply.
2: All right, thanks again, Ian. Cheers, everybody. If you've listened this far, chances are you're an entrepreneur looking to become more financially literate and create financial freedom for yourself from your business. The Pay Yourself First podcast is definitely here to help with that. My goal is to continue to share what I've learned about using your business as the tool to create financial freedom, but let's face it, it would take me years to share with you everything you need to know via these episodes. Creating financial freedom is something that most people never even consider, let alone make a plan for or take action towards. It's something almost no one was taught anything about. Doing it as an entrepreneur is even more challenging, especially without support. So if you're ready to get clear on what financial freedom looks like for you, come up with an action plan and get the support systems and accountability you need, I invite you to consider the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur. I created the program to help entrepreneurs just like you get a handle on their personal and business finances and start building confidently towards financial freedom. And it's how you can discover ways to take 10 years off your retirement, add an extra five or six figures to your portfolio, and finally get clear on what numbers you should be tracking in your business and why. Together, we'll gain clarity around your financial goals and what being financially free would actually look like for you. Then we'll put together a customized game plan to get you there and the accountability to see you through. And by the way, you're also going to get all the spreadsheets you need to run your numbers